Hello, 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 and welcome to the Blue Oval Podcast. My name is Ben Weissel, and joining me, as always, Garrett Zatlin. How's it going, man? Ben, I'm doing quite well. Uh, I'm going to take today's uh, intro, today's monologue, as an opportunity to tell everyone uh, that we have since moved our hosting on the podcast to Spotify. Largely doesn't affect anyone, um, except I didn't know that Spotify did these Q&A features. Oh, yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. apparently... We've had a few responses on there that I've just never seen, so apologies. <laughs> I just <laughs> never checked it out. Uh, but thank you to everyone who did leave that. Um, not only that, but all of our Lane 9 um, episodes from the site and from YouTube are now converted into podcast form. Uh, you can also go check those out also on Spotify, so go follow that there. That should be a recommended show under the Blue Oval podcast. Um, it also should be on Apple as well. And, uh, and you're now, I think for all of our new ones, uh, there'll be instant release to those platforms as well. So keep an eye on that. Sweet. Yeah, that's, that's exciting. A lot of, uh, good interviews on there. Um, that'll be fun to, to take a, a walk down memory lane, uh, for me at least, but there, yeah, there's certainly a lot, uh, you learn a lot about, uh, these men and women that you, you do these interviews with. And I, I feel like it's helpful even like months after you, because you kind of get a sense of what they're headspace who the, their mentality is um and how they approach racing so it's uh, certainly worth listening to we did get one new rating on spotify none on apple our little like possible debacle that we thought happened last week all good no problems we're, we're I, I had a, it was so you're good leave those ratings and reviews on apple we're all we're all good that was almost an absolute nightmare for anyone's <laughs> listening. I thought I deleted our entire Apple library for a second. Um, and I almost did. And so I luckily did not. But um, Ben, we have quite a bit to get into today. At least some significant headlines. Major performances from this past weekend. I don't even know where we should start, but where do you want to start? I think we got to start with the NCAA 1K record being broken by Yusuf Bizimana this past weekend. He ran 218.1 um, to beat the old record by about a quarter of a second. Um, he had a pacer that pushed him out for, I think, like almost 700, it looked like. Um, and he closed the door. It was just a really pretty evenly split run. And... Again, he looked every bit the 800 title favorite that we thought he would be coming into this season. And I I wish I could say I'm surprised that he ran this, but I'm not. It's a spectacular performance. It's an NCAA record. There's like we, we have to be excited about these things. But at the end of the day, it really doesn't change our opinion on him or the 800 field, really. Uh, yeah, I feel bad. I mean, there's really nothing to talk about. It's like, yeah, okay, you're saying he barely broke the record. Sounds about right. Like, he's talented enough to do it. He did do it. He's the best middle distance runner in the nation. We knew that, or at least we think he is, and we don't really have much of a reason to doubt that. He ran 145 last year. He's returning. He's also, I think that the, the missing component in all of this is that, yes, he's primarily an 800-meter runner, but he was also a mile All-American. So he also has a little bit of that strength to kind of carry him that extra 200 if need be. So he's not like the, the typical pure 800-meter runner in that sense. And I think that's why he was able to get this 1K record. Yeah, I mean, again, great way to start a season. I, I'm fascinated to see what we get from him this year because I, I feel like this is truly the year where he comes in as the clear-cut favorite. And he's obviously done this to really 
stamp his mark on the season this early. I, I'm curious, do we see a 144 from him this year? Do and we, that was my that was my question. Do you yeah, think I, I I think so. I mean, he he just he's been so consistent in his development and that I mean I that's a big ask, but I, I think that's the logical next step. I'm not saying he's running 144 low. I'm saying 144, like eight, maybe. But I, I think that's certainly in the cards this year. Yeah, I, I don't think it's impossible. I don't think it's likely. I think it's, remember, his 145 mark came on the outdoor oval at the yep. end of last spring in a historically fast race, or at least for Will Stumler, that, yeah. uh, that is. Yeah. So I think 144 is like a slightly aggressive. Do I think it's within reason? I do. Um I would be surprised if he doesn't run under 145.5. Uh, that would probably be my yes. guess. Yep, I agree with Yeah, and I, I think, again, this 800 field should be pretty good. I think Bouchavi and Handel Roban, like, I, it's a good group of guys. It'll be top-heavy. Yeah, and I, I think they're going to push each other. And and I, as we've seen in years past, that 800 final is always very, is almost always very aggressive. So I think we could see a, a special, special time there. But, yeah. Great result. NCAA record doesn't really change our opinion on anything, which is a testament to how high of uh, an opinion we had on Yusuf Bizimana coming into this year. Let's go to some 3Ks and Luke Hauser putting down a fantastic mark in his first 3K of the year, running 740, easily um, beating the next collegiate, Haptim Samuel. At 7:45, um, it, it was funny in your article. You 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 mentioned how this is like a significant like step down in distance for Samuel, or at least yeah. it feels like it. Um, yeah. And yet he still runs 7:45. But I, I, the main story is obviously Hauser. This is something that I feel like we could have predicted between his mile speed and what he did on the grass this past fall. 7:40 is right. It's, it, as crazy as it sounds about right for an opener for him. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I, I'm not going to lie. I thought I had a pretty good weekend for predictions. <laughs> yeah, you Here, did. Here's a fun fact. If you look at all of my predictions, the ones where I got everyone like order right from like one, two, three, four, five was the women's uh, 1K, I think, collegiately, which is ironic. Like, the That's names impossible. That I, yeah, which is very funny. But um yeah, I mean, like I, I kept like looking at this. I'm like, this is a fast field. It's gonna be honest for sure. Luke Hauser's coming off of a good cross country season. People think that it wasn't a good cross country season because it ended, you know, poorly right. at the regional meet. That's not how that works. It was actually great this fall. And you, like you said, exactly, it's that mile speed paired with that aerobic strength from the grass. I thought it was gonna be a, a perfect mesh. Did I think he was running 740? No. Did I think he was gonna run 743? Yes. Um, I also predicted Samuel to run 7.45, just saying. But the, the all of this in, in saying is that, or at least the question that I thought was, does he run the 3K at the national meet? I, I, I think it makes a lot of sense. Coach Powell hasn't traditionally liked to like split up his options. He likes to go full throttle in the mile uh, at our... Uh, against our behest at sometimes, but I, I think it makes a lot of sense. You put him in the DMR, he can he can close that DMR, and then he can be one of the top contenders in a three k. I mean, I it makes sense. You, you don't and then, think he runs mile three k double? 
No, oh, well, I guess if you, I think if you're running 3K, just like go for it in the 3K, like, like actually give yourself the, a chance. But he's the mile national champion. Wouldn't, you, I, wouldn't it make more sense to be like, yeah. hey, the miles like your quote unquote race, you're the mile national champion, at least the defending mile national champion. You'd be completely fresh for the mile. And then, hey, just do what do what you can in the 3K. No? Well, I, I think he will at least do that. Like, there's no doubt. I, I think in, in my mind, he will uh, he will always do the 3K no matter what, right? Uh, whether he runs the mile or not. It's more of like, I think the, the more interesting discussion is, hey, does he just go more full out for the 3K? You've got a lot of other guys well positioned in the mile that aren't nearly as well positioned in the 3K. And you can you can be a lot more fresh for that DMR and avenge Oklahoma State from last year. Like, I, I, I know it's crazy to say the mile reigning champion should not compete in that event this, this time this year, but... There are a lot of pros to to him not doing that. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I think in a tactical race like the national meet on a 3K, I think Hauser's going to be like, oh, he could be a problem for sure. Yeah. Like he, he's probably like, like I think he's ideally built for it. I kind of alluded to that in the article. Yep. Um, at the same time, I also think the 3K. I, I think we're going to have it's another, loaded. It's going to have another 3K record this year. I'm actually fairly confident that we will. I think someone's going to run. Under Bosley's mark, um, I think they could run 735 legitimately. Um, I don't know who's going to do it. Someone will. Um, so we'll see. And I think because of that, I'm a little more hesitant. But I think the, the combinations of what he could versus couldn't run, I think it's more likely than not he runs some kind of 3K in there. So. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And, and for Hepsim Somel, again, really good result. Um, coming off of a good 5K at BU in December. Do you, how much of a challenger do you think he's going to be in any of these title races? Because obviously he was great in cross country. He, he can be, he's an aerobic monster. Is he Nico young? Like, or, or we going to see him be able to challenge a little bit more for titles. Conventionally people of his skill set, the aerobic strength based skill set don't usually have that kind of turnover and speed. Um, that you need to kind of like kick and finish. Nico Young is kind of like, you know, the, the name that I think maybe pops in there. There's probably a few others uh, who I'm just not thinking of. There's actually a slew of men last year who, who were kind of part of that group, like Patrick Kiprop, I'd say maybe uh, was part of that, you know. And again, these guys are all like supremely talented. Like if you were to say, who do you, who do you like most likely to go after like a certain all-time mark? I'd be like, oh, I'm taking Nico Young and Patrick Kiprop every day of the week, like no problem. Yeah. Um I think it's a little too early to judge, or at least fairly judge, uh, Hapum Sanyel. I don't know if I would put him in like my top tier of guys who I think are going to be going after the 5K national title. Uh, not yet, at least. Not yet. And, and that's kind of why I asked the question, because I, I think I'm in that similar spot where, it, again, like you said, it is early, but everything we've seen from him seems to place him in that bucket of, if it's a pure, like, just run, like, all out from the gun, I think he's going, that's a perfect situation for him. If it's a little tactical, I wonder how he's able to match up when it comes down to a sprint finish. Maybe he'll prove uh, prove me wrong, but I, I, I think until we see him win that, or at least compete in that kind of race, we're just not going to know. Um, but Real so quick, far, so do good you, for him. Do you think he, he gets into the... National meet with that 3K time? 
<laughs> Probably is that not. Se- Seven forty-five, six-one. I don't think he gets in. <sighs> yeah, I think he'll have to run faster. Yeah, because that that puts him, he's sixth right now. Yeah, I don't. Even, I, I think if he runs seven forty-four, I don't even feel comfortable that that he would definitely get in then. Honestly, that's ridiculous. But I, I yeah, you're probably right. It's going to be low seven forties. Oh my gosh, it's so fast, so fast, so fast. Um, speaking of so fast, Aiden Troutner. 359 unconverted in the mile converts down to 354 after altitude first time i think anybody's run sub four at the byu track i i saw a clayson shumway tweet about how this is a even more impressive performance than all of connor mance's titles because that track is impossible to navigate and run fast on and i obviously i, I think that's hyperbole but it does kind of hint at how impressive this is 354 Honestly, is is not like earth shattering, but running 359 at at that track where it's never been done, and you could think about all the great runners that have been through there, and for no one to have done that, really, really good performance from Troutner, and he's he's been someone that has just slowly improved. I feel like year after year, hasn't ever like reached the highs that we thought he might be able to reach out of high school. But he's just been so solid and started to produce more and more on the grass, on the track for this BYU team. And this, I mean, it looks like he might have taken another step forward this season. Yeah, what's nice about this performance is that he ran a converted 356 at this same meet last year. So there's a little bit of like a precedent for him in this situation, which is nice because it's like, you know, you know, the altitude critics are going to come in and be like, <laughs> what should you do at sea level? It's like, all right, well, I mean, you know, he, this guy was the NXN champ. Um, yeah. you know, like he was someone who has already been very accomplished beforehand. Um, so I, I don't, I, I don't, I, I think this is like a legit performance. I think he's just that oh, good. Absolutely. I think he's also better off in the three K. Yeah, I, I think this performance shows that he should be really good at the 3K. Like, uh, he, again, had a solid cross-country season, runs sub-4, unconverted. I think this, yeah, uh, and at altitude. And again, we've talked about this. Like, the, the aerobic monsters generally do a lot better in the mile at altitude because they just can strength it out, basically. And this proves that he's got that strength, got that speed, 3k should be perfect like it and it, yeah and he's gonna have to run as we said probably 742 743 to make it but this performance seems to indicate that that could be where he ends up yeah i'll be interested to see how he does it where he does it things of that nature um because you know as great as this performance is they're all it still does leave questions of like okay but how does that work you know do, do i believe he's that fit yes but i don't know when like exactly how that applies or translates to then different race scenarios and different races and so on and so forth. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, still a lot to prove in terms of running in a high level field and at more sea level, how do you compete against the best of the best, but a nice step forward talking about a loaded field though, Carly Thomas four thirty in the mile, taking down the Oregon triumphant, of great milers claudia kazimierska finishes right behind her 431 maddie elmore 432 mia barnett 437 i mean 
so many things to like about this Thomas result. 4.30 in the mile. Outstanding time. Especially for a runner who's considered more of an 800-meter runner. Awesome time. I just want to throw, then, throw up, by the way, Matty Elmore's 4.33, by the way. Oh, 4.33. Excuse me. Yeah, thank you. And then beating these three women, who I think we w- both would have considered all three of them to be better milers than her coming into this race. Even more impressive. Just a cherry on the top. I, I, I think, I mean, obviously, Hauser's performance, Bizimana's performance, those were great. But there's an argument to be made that Thomas's is one of the is the most impressive of all the of this weekend's performances. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's not just. I mean, she ran so fast. She beat so many established great milers, and if you watch the race, it was one of the best races I've seen in a very long time. Unbelievably poised, very calm. Like knew exactly when to make her moves. Never had like an excessive surge or an excessive move. Never wasted energy. Knew exactly when to kick. And when she kicked, she pulled away. It powered away. It wasn't close actually. And she looked calm and poised and relaxed in doing so. She just looked flat out stronger. I mean, it wasn't just like a fluke. Like oh, she's just dragging herself to the line. It was like a no, I'm better than all of you kind of performance. It was shocking how great how great she was and i had said in the meet preview hey i I think thomas is like a better miler than maybe we're going to give her credit for watch out she could run 432 i thought she was going to be close with uh kasmirska and she was but i didn't think she would run 430 and then beat all those women um question does she run this at the national meet should she with how good the 800 is i think probably yeah i mean with I, i mean willis Whitaker and Rose, it's hard to imagine her breaking through that top three, and that's on top, and that's not even including anybody else in that discussion. And, and uh, to your point about how good she looked, she just looked in control of her race in a way that she hadn't over like maybe the last two or so years since like she was running those great 800 uh, races that control of her fitness and the confidence that she had another gear to go whenever she needed it. That is so potent. And that's exactly what you need in a mile. Like you need someone who is confident in their tactics, confident in their fitness, and then can change gears at will because that is required, especially in an indoor race where you only really can throw in one or two hard moves without wearing yourself out uh before the finish it was it was one of the most impressive january time performances i've seen maybe ever um again i've seen you know i've only done this for ex- you know so many years but uh yeah super super impressive and for the oregon women great great results like i mean if you you look at how kazmierska did 431 that's probably the fastest mark relative to whatever else she's run in the ncaa since she's been here and i think that's a great, great sign further establishes her as a, as a threat, as like a legitimate contender. And she did not make that race easy for herself. She was at the front. She was pushing. She was like a, she was an aggressor for a lot of that race or a big portion of it. And then, uh, you know, she had to basically make up, you know, whatever Collie Thomas did over that last 200 ish meters or so. Um, and then, you know, Elmore, I think just right on par, kind of exactly what we thought. And Mia Barnett, like I, I, again, another one of those things where it's like, yeah, 437. Okay. She could run a little bit better, but 
first race back in an Oregon, uh, first race back in an NCAA singlet period, her first race for the Oregon Ducks officially, and her first mile in, you know, I think since probably last winter. And not only, again, she didn't even race that much last winter either. So all things considered, I didn't think it was the best tactical race for her either. I thought she was uh, really aggressive at points where I didn't think she really needed to be, at least in terms of where she was at in the pack. So I'm kind of looking at that for her and thinking, I'm kind of optimistic. I think she can still run 434 this season, maybe even 433. So I'm I'm not worried about that. And also shout out to Delia Frias. She got tripped, fell down, still ran 446, which leads me to believe that she can probably run like 439. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sub 440, no no doubt. And yeah, for Barnett, I mean, being aggressive has been her MO. And I'm curious to see if a a year under Shalane Flanagan and running with the rest of these Oregon milers, if she'll back off a little bit, trust their plan, kind of run together as a team a little bit more. And especially as she's working her way back in, clearly she's not she's knocking some rust off not at her best i i think i i would almost say certainly she's going to run probably 434 or faster by the end of the year uh it's just a matter of can she compete with her teammates and 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 use them and use their tactics for her benefit rather than being so aggressive that she yo-yos back and forth yeah yeah i think i think that's a fair assessment um, but great race. Love this race. I, I hope that sticks around in our end of season awards. I'll, I hope we, we, we recall this race when we, when we uh, go back to that. So um, what's next? What are, what's next on the docket? Let's go to Amy Bunnage is 9033K, uh, took down Chloe Forrester's 905. Don't have to spend much time on this. Bunnage has obviously been great since she's entered the NCAA 903. I think is a very solid mark. I would expect we'll see her run even faster as the year goes along, but a good start to her NCAA track career. Yeah, great. Um, I have nothing else to offer. <laughs> I mean, I predicted that she'd run 903, and she did. And she sure ran 901. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I predicted that she'd run 901. She ran 903. Um, so, I, yeah, great race by Chloe Forrester, though, 905. Yeah. Great result. I think she's getting some nice momentum, and I think she's probably going to be due for like a a big like breakout race at some point. I can imagine like the Stanford Invitational in the spring. You know, her running that five k, and all of a sudden she's in you know fourteen thirty, fifteen thirties, uh, kind of range. So uh, watch out for Forrester. Like I, I I really like her. I think she's probably that next, you know, that that next true star that they might have. Agreed. Let's go to Cole Lindhorst, who ran 147 in the 800, looking dangerous again. And this 147 after pacing Busy Mana and looking really good in it. Like, he looked very smooth. He looked like he could have run at least 800 uh, with Busy Mana and then comes back and runs this 147 he's I, I again he's I, I think dangerous is like the best word and i think that's the word you use in the article as well he's at at his best can compete with almost anybody and with this texas program running with Yusuf busy mana i mean i i think all american honors are on the table for him this year here's a fun fact that was not those were not the only two races that he towed the line for he <laughs> really? also then went over to louisville ran a 404 mile and won barely um, which is wild. And if you remember, like, before he got injured, this guy was a great doubler. Like, mm-hmm. fantastic. Oh, yeah. He could double 
but I remember he did this Alex Wilson invite double where he split, I think, 147 in the DMR. And then, That's like, right. less than two hours later, ran 147, uh, yeah, 147 again. Um, I mean, he, he looks great right now. I would be very scared of what he can do. Um, if he gets into that 146 range, I don't know how many guys I would pick over him. I mean, he's that good. I hope he does get to a mile. I would like to see him run like 356, 355, and I think he can. But yeah, in terms of like what his value is across the table, like from a DMR 800 double or DMR mile double, like this guy's super, super valuable. Yeah, I mean, he absolutely could be someone that runs the 800 leg in the DMR for Texas after running the 800 prelims and then comes back the next day. And like you said, I don't think top five, top six, uh, in the 800 final if he continues to progress and like you said runs at 146 it, i think that could absolutely happen i mean he could end up being responsible for uh a few points individually and push texas to a few more points in the dmr as well yeah yeah i agree so all right uh i'm gonna just take us next i guess sure go ahead julia whitaker ran 202 all right so now we're done now let's move <laughs> on <laughs> so, falls yeah, under yeah, the julia... category of great result good run not it's exactly what we expected nothing we didn't learn anything it wasn't close it wasn't remotely close so i'm sorry if anyone won any analysis on that there's (laughs) nothing to analyze i'm sorry this isn't so arkansas 1k let's all right let's let's just go on yeah great run whitaker we'll spend a lot more time analyzing your races in the postseason when you're you're running in in much more uh top heavy fields at Arkansas, for, on the men's side, we saw Alex Stitt run 221, as did Brendan Shearer, um, Riley Wells, ben, and ben Med- Shearer. Or Ben Shearer, excuse me. Um, and then Mehdi Yanori running 222 as well. Stitt's been, I feel like, one of the more underrated middle distance runners in the country. He just, he get, kind of gets lost in the mix of all these great Oklahoma State runners. And... He's just been super consistent. He's been, and it looks like this year could be a year where he steps out and takes a little bit more of the shine to himself. I mean, Mehdi Unori has been a great 800-meter runner, beating him, his teammate, this weekend. I wonder if we see those two racing and running some really fast 800-meters races over the next few weeks. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Stid is like one of those guys where I've just constantly been like, no, no, he's he's due. He's due. He's gonna have a great race. He's gonna have a great race. And it, it's I'll admit it's been it's been a little bit like I keep saying, keep saying, keep waiting. He he is due for like a monster performance. And I don't know when it's gonna come, but it's it's gonna happen soon, I think. Or at least I hope so. Um so yeah, I think he's very dangerous. I think this is a great result for Ben Shearer who, I apologize, I did have Brendan Shearer in the article. So <laughs> I was wondering, I, I was like, I think was, this is Ben Shearer, but maybe he has a brother. <laughs> no, that's just my fault. Um, I, I don't know why. I always want to just call him Brendan, and I don't have a good reason why, and I apologize. So, sorry, Ben. Um, But yeah, I think Ben Shearer is like, he, I think he's going to be a great miler, and now he runs 221 for a K. Yeah, that's exciting. Like, it's, okay, he could be, could be really, really good. He's had a really good academic year uh, so far th- between cross country and putting starting this uh, season on the track. And Riley Wells uh, coming in from Illinois State to Arkansas, looking good from the start. I think he could be another valuable depth piece. 
for this Arkansas team as they again start to put together a really good DMR team. Yeah, yeah, I, we, we'll we'll be interested to see what that DMR does, but um, yeah, I don't really have anything anything more. <laughs> I do want to take us to the women's side though. Yes. Um, where was it? I, I lost your I lost your sheet. There we go. Uh, Savon Auerbach of Oklahoma State and Ainsley Erzin uh, of Arkansas, each ran 243 for a K. Um, that was in a pretty competitive field with some some top, you know, I guess pros. Shafiq, Shafiqua Maloney. Um, I want to say Stephanie Brown was maybe in yes. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, great runs. Great runs. I think for Erzin, this is a big performance. Um, she was always a great 800-meter runner. She was a top, top one coming out of uh, high school. Took her, I think, last year to kind of like, she was running well, ran 206, but didn't really ever, you know, pop. And now I think this performance could lead to being like, oh, she she might pop. And so um, pretty encouraging to see that. Then Auerbach, another steady race. She ran 437 in the mile. She's running 243 now. And she, watch out. She's pretty good. Yeah, I I wish I had more on this, but I, I mean, running under sub under under two forty five is a great accomplishment. I, I think it's less significant as it has been in years past. Yeah, I, I, obviously, we've seen a lot more of these kind of performances, especially early in the season when uh, men and women are just trying to get a little bit of rust off, not be in their main events, run the the thousand, and we've seen uh, a lot of these kind of performances. But still, two forty three is very very fast and sets both of them up in either direction, the 800 or the mile for really, really good seasons. Yeah. I also want to, I don't know if we have this on there. Mary Ellen, Mary Ellen Udelay from Arkansas, uh, the sophomore, uh, she ran 436 and I mm-hmm. thought that was a great result. And I'm very encouraged because I thought she was a great miler in high school. She ran 444 for 1600 meters in high school. She was all around great. And then she just showed a lot of like really solid, subtle signs of being a great miler, not strong understanding of positioning. She had a few great mile races last year in 439. Then this past fall has a few sneaky good postseason races and now comes out in 436. Between Ellen Udelay and between Erzin, the DMR of Arkansas in two years from now could be quite quite the relay. Yeah, I mean, they got a, a lot of really good young talent and we've seen that coaching staff be able to develop young talent throughout the, the years and, and really have a strong, consistent progression. And the way that they recruit and the way that they bring in transfers, if they can have these two more homegrown stars emerge over the next few years and then they can add on top of that, they'll have a really dangerous lineup uh, and middle distance group for years to come. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Speaking so, of Arkansas... Head middle distance runners though and this is a very classic i think arkansas result you have a sprinter amber anning who has never run the 800 before and just decides or the coaching staff says like hey let's just see what you can do in an 800 sure enough she runs 205 again she is an amazing athlete has run 50.6 uh, in the 400 outstanding time there but to be able to just start to run your first 800 and run it this well is highly encouraging and and it really makes me wonder how much faster she can get over the next year as she actually runs this a few more times learns like i i can't imagine how different that must feel going from running a lot of 200s and 400s and then all of a sudden you're running four laps in the indoor oval and for her to do as well as she did i i think is 
uh, a testament to the way that coaching staff prepared her, but also very much a testament to her talent and grit. I think she'll be I, she'll be one that I'm keeping an eye on the rest of the season because it, there's not many people who can drop a few seconds after running 205, but she seems like a prime candidate to be able to do that. Well, I mean, she just perfectly mirrors Shafiqa Maloney. Remember when Shafiqa Maloney did this? It was in the latter portion of her career, just like Anning. Um, she was primarily a 400-meter runner. And then they're like, let's just see what you can do. And her first time was okay. She ran 211, and then she chipped away and got a little bit faster, and got a little bit faster, and got a little bit faster. Shafiqa Maloney didn't reach 205 until her fifth attempt at the 800 meters. <laughs> That's scary. Anning did it the first time. Maloney went on to be like one of the best, you know, like a title contender that year. And she didn't win, but I mean, like in terms of like raw talent and pushing the pace, like I, she was a very scary runner. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So if that was Maloney's fifth attempt at 205, what can Anning do with like three, two or three more attempts? I mean, it's, it's scary to, to like think about like how much faster she could get. Like, I'm talking not just 204, 203. Like, we might be looking at 202, 201 kind of territory if this ceiling, which it looks like she has, is able to be capitalized on. Yeah, I think 202 is absolutely in the picture. Like, I I just think learning that pain, learning how to run it a little bit better, obviously growing in fitness for a few, few like, more weeks, a few more months, I, I absolutely think that's on the table. Let's go to another set of 1,000-meter races that we saw at Washington. And starting on the men's side, we saw Justin O'Toole from Columbia, um, Oregon's Matthew Erickson, and Davis Bove of Cal Poly all run 220. Really good times. Not super surprising results from like uh, a guy like Davis Bove. We've seen him be really, really good before. Obviously, this is his first year at Cal Poly. But for O'Toole and Erickson, this is a big development for them. Yeah, I think this is like a, a running 220 is like a, a big deal time. Like yes. that's like a no joke kind of mark. And for someone like for each of these guys, I think that's like a key development for a bunch of different reasons. For Bove, I think it's like, okay, dude, like we knew you were a miler and a good miler and we knew you had range, but how potent can you be in like a tactical race? Like how, how much of a competitive miler can you be with like the top, top guys running 220? I think for him, given how strong he also was on the ground, on the grass this past fall, I think that, that, that like middle ground makes him a very scary, good miler, like potentially a 353 miler this year. Um, like, I, I do think that that's like within the realm of possibility for him. For someone like Justin O'Toole, he's been really solid, consistent, great, underrated middle distance guy, at Columbia. I think he's around 149. Dare I want to say 148? I don't know for sure. I think he's around 149 for 800 meters. But he's he's just kind of been knocking on the door of a breakout season. This might be that start of the breakout season. And then Erickson, remember, Erickson had that unbelievable postseason stretch last year yeah. where he went from like 148 to then 147 to 146 within two days. <clears throat> Excuse me. And to, to me, I was like, okay, that's cool. Where did that come from? Like, it was a little bit of an outlier, and I kind of wanted a little bit more validation. But with this 220, I think I get that validation, and I think I feel a little bit more comfortable about what I would project him at in future races. 
Yeah, absolutely. Again, just stacking those good races on top of each other, showing a little bit more consistency. That's all we need to see from Erickson at this point to really be able to feel a lot more comfortable with him, particularly him as an All-American and whatever event uh, he decides to run in. For O'Toole, is, is he related to the Garrett O'Toole um, that went to Columbia? Oh, good question. I think. Well, I think you're thinking of Princeton. Or Princeton, you're right, you're right. Um just a little, but he was, that's he was, a good all, question. was, was he somewhere else too? I, I, but yes, while you're looking, yes. Uh, he was Arizona state, I think. Right. Uh, that sounds right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, his bio, oh, his blah, 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 four siblings, Garrett. Yeah. I think his yep. brother. Yep. Yep. That's his, that's his brother. Very, very fast family. And I, I dare yeah. say he has the, the uh, thousand meter family PR now. So I, I, think I would think he does. That's that's pretty impressive considering how good his brother was. But yeah, for for Bove, three fifty three. Yeah, it sounds kind of crazy, but the way times have been progressing and him being with Ryan Van Hoy now at Cal Poly, for like you think about the difference in like how much the eight hundred and the mile were a focus for him or for the the program at LSU to how much of a focus they are at Cal Poly it wouldn't be stunning to see him have a, a big, big set of improvement this year. Also, just want to throw this out there. Justin O'Toole, I apologize. He has a 147 PR. I don't know Ooh. how I missed that. I think he ran that at Wake Forest last spring. So long story short, he's, he's essentially beginning to get really, really dangerous at a really scary time. Um, so watch out for him. Yeah, both. I think both, if we were doing like a power rankings of like, you know, among these three guys, yeah. I'd probably put both at the top. Like he's, he's just, his value is great. He's going to be a stud miler. He can kind of be competitive with everything, brings you value across all three seasons. And now you run 220. And like, like you said, I think the, the ceiling for him in, in terms of what he can bring this season. Yeah, he, he might be, he might be that dude. Absolutely. Let's go to the women's side of the thousand meters at Washington. Uh, Laura Pelicoro of Portland and Ellen Nelson of Oregon, both running 242. Again, mentioned that we've seen a lot more of these like sub 245 or sub 243 results, but this is like kind of what you would expect, uh, especially from Pelicora, who's been great for years. This this seems like a, a very predictable result and again, shows that they're both, I think, ready to really be all American threats going into this year. Yeah, I mean, I think this was an important race for both of them just for you know, Laura Pelicoro, it's like, hey, listen, like, I, I think she's kind of in the fringes of the mile national title, mile uh, qualifying, excuse me, uh, conversation. And I think this kind of helps her. And I think it certainly puts her in the conversation to be like, hey, I, even in a, a, a year where the mile, I think, is going to be certainly wide open for the national title, but I think it's going to be exceptionally so deep. deep. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'd be crazy, crazy deep. And I think that's going to, you know, be a challenge for Pelicoro. So the fact that she's at 242 for a K, Leads me to believe that she's still very much in the hunt. And then Ella Nelson, it's the same thing for the 800 meters. Like the 800 meters is going to be just, you know, maybe it's more top heavy than the deep. top and the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but still, I, I think she's had a really nice, you know, year, you know, considering what she did last spring. Now she runs 242. I, I'd be, I'm encouraged about what this means for the rest of their seasons moving forward. 
Yeah, and for Nelson, obviously, there's a, there's a lot of really good milers in that group at Oregon, and for her to be able to stand out, hopefully, in a, in a big way in the 800, and, and I'm sure that's what they're they're thinking about as a coaching staff. How can we score more points in something that's just not not just the mile? And I think she gives them an opportunity to possibly do that this year in the 800, and obviously, this is a really good first step towards doing that. I didn't think about that. So who are the like? So I think like the women's the men's DMR is very easy. It's be like Oklahoma State, Washington, right? Right, right. But the women's DMR, I guess it'd be like Washington, Oregon, yeah, probably Stanford, and then I yeah, don't know. I'm trying to think of could could it maybe Florida? Yeah, I guess, get into that. You would. I doubt that they would put all those resources in. At the actual, uh, actually, uh, the national championship, the national rant. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Like, like who who would those teams be? That's an excellent question, Garrett. <laughs> we really need to think about that as we're <laughs> we're we're going through this season. Because yeah, I mean, yeah. we we kind of get we we like you said, it's very easy with the men's side. But you would think Oregon has to be kind of the favorite, right? Just with the amount of depth that they have. Uh. I I I think I'd actually take Washington. Really? Okay. So Sullivan. Because Thomas is. I mean, yeah. When you have Thomas and O'Sullivan yeah. running as well as they do, I don't know. I mean, like Marlena Prey, sure. remember, is still there. They um, have um, I mean, what's her name up. from that just transferred there uh, from Bradley? Why am I forgetting her? Oh, name? Will, Will yeah, Wilson. Yeah, she might push them over the edge because yeah, she Will, can do anything. I mean, I mean, you I mean Wilma Nielsen's a two. 38 yeah. 1k runner paired with a 237 1k runner paired with a 239 like 1k runner like i'm that they might yeah, break their own record from last fair. year yeah I, I for i had forgotten her too that's, i forgot about that's Nielsen really too. Good. yeah that's scary good actually that might be like a oh my god they, DMR both the men and women could break the dmr record in the same meet for washington like that would be and it's both of their same right records. exactly that would be wild to see them both break their own records in the same meet and they could absolutely do it oh wait does, is it washington no who has i think the oklahoma, state has it, oklahoma right state? Yeah, yeah you're right oklahoma state has it i just yeah there was sorry oklahoma state yeah um yeah wild stuff yeah yeah well hey but, we're, we're back in it we're back in track we're we're talking about we're back. the dmrs we're so talking bad. about what each team's roster looks like and it's not just like how well you can run an 8k or how well you can run a 10k on the grass we're talking about versatility talking about speed talking about tactics finishing we're we're, we're back these into buzzwords it. these are great yeah i'm always just like guys you gotta use some buzzwords ben is clearly <laughs> one of, yeah by the way is oklahoma state at 16 um Ben, I think that's it. Did we miss any other performances? No, I mean, I, I, that was everything I, I had on my list. I, I mean, obviously we had BU in December, but this is kind of the first real weekend uh, of track in in my mind, and it, it delivered. We're going to see, again, we'll, we'll talk about this as we go over the next few weeks, what those performance list cutoffs are going to start to look like. But based off what we're seeing, it's going to be another fast year and it's going to be even harder to make the national meet once again in 2024. Yeah, it's going to be, <laughs> I'm excited. This is great. Like I was already excited. Uh, I'm not looking forward to like the next five when weeks. There's so many results. Where it's just more like monster performance, monster performance that are like, there's five records broken in the same like two hours. Or so 
I'm as a content writer, not looking forward to that. But um, everyone, go leave a rating and review on Spotify and Apple. On Spotify, when you go to our homepage, three little dots next to the follow button, which you should also uh, also click. It says like you know, rate this show five stars. Go try that out on Apple. You go to the show page. Go to the bottom of all the episodes, you'll see it there. You can leave a rating and review there. We appreciate that on YouTube. Go subscribe on YouTube. Go subscribe on all the platforms. Uh, so go check those out there. Uh, we have more stuff coming soon. And then again, Lane 9, it's on Apple. It's on Spotify. It's gonna be on a few other items as well. It's on YouTube as well. Top interviews, top names. That's coming back very, very soon. Go check that out. Ben, do you have anything else? That's it for me. Until next week, I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you.